supposed to be green, it's red. Okay, that's all that matters. You can hear me. Okay, we're going to continue on in our series in Philippians this morning. So we're going to go, uh, if you have Bibles, why don't you get your Bibles out, have them handy, uh, turn to Philippians 4. Okay. And we're going to do the first half of the chapter today. So we have Bibles sitting around. Feel free to grab one, pass them out, please. Okay, so hold your finger there in Philippians 4. Before we start that, I have permission from a friend to tell you a little story. A friend of mine, he was, he was having some challenges, and uh, he didn't really know what to do, so he thought, well, okay, maybe I need to get some counsel. So he's like, okay, pastors, they know what to do. Right, Paul? Pastors always have sometimes. the answer. Okay, sometimes. <laughs> pastors know what to do. At least that's what this guy thought. So he said, okay. I'm going for counsel. So he goes to the pa- pastor and he says, Pastor, you know, I'm really, I've really been struggling. And this, this is a guy who had some issues. He's like, one day, I think I'm a wigwam. Next day, I'm just going about my business and I think I'm a teepee. Next day, here I am again. I think I'm a wigwam. The day after that, I'm a teepee. Pastor's... You know, he sits back and he's thinking, gets that thinker look going. Pastor said, I know. I know what it is. I know what your, your, your problem is, your challenge is that you're too tense. <laughs> okay, so be anxious for nothing. That's, a, that's a, one of the themes in uh, Philippians 4, 1 through 9. It means fear not. And, uh, you know, I, the guy was too tense. And, and sometimes we are just too tense in our lives. We're anxious for things. So fear not. We had a president some time ago that said the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Well, I tell you what, I mean, I understand the philosophy behind that, but I don't even want to fear fear because it's, it entangles us in worry and going down the wrong path. So I'm not even going to be afraid of being afraid. I'm going to step through that. So being anxious, it can involve fear or having anxiety, but it's usually more than a fear. Sometimes there's a, a more depth to it. There's things that, uh, an irrational element that goes along with that. You know, it's, it's, sometimes it's, it's a battle in our mind. And uh, sometimes there's actually torment that goes on. If uh, we look at each of our own experiences today, you may say, well, okay, I don't really relate to what he's saying. Or maybe I do. There may be things I say today that I share that you're like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, that one, and that one, and that one, that you'll relate to. There's many different things on how we respond to anxiety, both physically and mentally. So, again, there's a breadth of experiences that we can have. Um, But the Word of God is always true, no matter what our experience is. And it's true for each and every one of us. He has the same answer. 
you made this, I, I just want to set it up with a little song here. I'm just going to sing, uh, if you know it, sing along with me. Um, it goes, fear not, for I am with you, fear not. For I am with you, fear not. For I am with you, says the Lord. Okay, so the Lord says, fear not. We're to be anxious for nothing. Let's jump over to the scripture. Um, we'll just read through 1 through 9 to set things up. Philippians 4, 1 through 9 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. I urge Yodia and I urge Sintashi to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true companion, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are written, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be, made, be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So Paul had given him some direct instruction here, and he stated God's promise if you follow the plan. I'm going to draw something on the, uh, on the board here. Um, Again, my artwork's not great, but we'll refer back to this in a little bit. So this is a, anybody recognize this? Okay, thank you, thank you. It is a bridge. Appreciate the help from the audience, since my artwork may not uh, show it. So if we look at verse 4, we're going to skip right on over to verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. God gives you your weapon before he even talks about your problem. Before he even describes your problem to you, he's given you a weapon here. So Paul's instruction was so good that he repeated it in the same sentence. He said, rejoice. Again, rejoice. If we look back to Philippians 3, verse 1, Paul talked about it there. He told us to rejoice. Even in that, even in that verse, in 3, 1, it sounded like he had mentioned it before. It was a previous instruction. We should learn from repetition. That's why Paul emphasizes it here. It was important. So Dr. Jesus, a.k.a. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer, has a prescription for what plagues you. So if anxiety and fear plague you, Jesus has a prescription, an answer for that. If we look at verse 5, he says, let your, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. 
Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing? How can I be anxious for nothing? I mean, that means not even this much. I mean, there's got to be an answer. I mean, if, if God is telling me to not be anxious, how do I do that? One of the answers is right here. He says, by being in prayer with thanksgiving. If my mind is set in prayer and I'm thankful, my anxiousness lowers. Like Bob said in worship, you know, if we know Jesus, we trust Jesus, we're going to communicate with Jesus. We feel comfortable talking to Jesus. We're thankful. We'll tell him what we're thankful for. And our heart will be set aright. So where does anxiety come from? I've seen uh, articles that talk about triggers to fear and anxiety and stress. I think they, they talk about the top 50 stressors in life. And uh, you can look at uh, marriage, having a baby, buying a house, selling a house, getting a job, losing a job, um, a graduation, a divorce, uh, a death, a birth, all these things. So there's a list of these things that they say they, they increase your level of stress or anxiety. Some people, yeah, one year I, I said, you know what, I think I probably encountered seven of these in one time. So that brings about intensity. Anxiety itself can come from an over-involved mind. If we allow our mind to go the wrong ways, it may be part of an unfounded belief or an unfounded fear. And usually those start with lies that trickle in and we start to believe those. So intensity itself, how many lead an intense life? Maybe it's your jobs, your school, um, yeah? So you can relate to intensity. Now intensity in itself is not, not a sin. There's intensity all around us. But how are we gonna respond to that intensity? If we go down the wrong path, if we don't listen to what the word says, that's where we can get into sin. But what do we do? We recognize it, like any other sin. We turn to God, that's assuming we trust him. We turn to God and we say, God, you know what? I just recognized that I'm going down the wrong, wrong path with this intensity. I'm allowing it, that stress to go the wrong way. It becomes unbelief and fear. So I repent and I turn. What we need to do is remember the word of God always and not allow the fears, the anxieties, the stressors to take that next step. If it builds and it builds and it builds, it can become so intense that uh, it, it weighs upon you. And uh, it may go to that next level of anxiety and maybe it'll move into a, a, a mode of depression or oppression. Uh, if we allow it to reside on us or in us for a long time, that becomes a weight we don't want to bear. So I'm going to share a little bit about uh, 
basically I'm going to be vulnerable with you guys and gals and just share about some of my experience over the past couple years um, in hopes that you'll be helped. You know, if you're dealing with anxiety or you've dealt with it, uh, that it'll give you hope and it'll give you a thought process, a pattern, a way to step beyond this and step through it. So some of you are going to relate to it. Like I said, you're going to say, oh, wow, now I've experienced that. And some of you will probably say, oh, wow, that's completely off the wall. Are you? I don't understand that. So bear with me. Um, two years ago, a little bit over two years ago, my father passed away. And that was really hard on me. And uh, honestly, I, I didn't do well through it. And I think about the things leading up to his death that uh, I wonder. It's like, okay, where was my mind, my will, my emotions, my physical body? Um, you know, what happened there? What had happened was I ended up in a dark place. And it was totally unexpected. Maybe some of you have experienced that, where you're going along and you end up in a, what you consider to be a dark place, mentally, physically. But it was an ugly place, too. So I, I never thought I would end up in such a place. It was like I was walking, walking, walking. I just kept walking, walking, walking. And then one day, I look up. I'm like, well, where am I? It's like I was in the middle of a dark forest. It's like, well, how did I get here? Well, I don't know. I just kept walking. But all of a sudden, here I am in the midst of this. I look around, and I didn't like where I was at. But I knew it's like, OK, well, I have to get out of here somehow. So I started that journey, that process of walking and walking and walking to get back out. For me, that journey took a little bit over two years to walk out. Now, I won't say that yours will be the same way. Maybe that trip back out, if you find yourself in a dark, ugly place. I'm not even saying you're going to go there. But if you find yourself in a dark and ugly place that you don't want to be, that journey could be very fast coming out. God can do it. He does it both ways. Sometimes, in my case, like I said, it was a long walk out. Sometimes the walk out is like that. He just uh, translates you, just like uh, in the old Star Trek where they energize and boom, you end up in a new place. And that's good. And uh, I would encourage you to always believe for that. But I'd also encourage you to always know how to walk and walk and never give up walking. So here's how I got there. Remember the bridge? So I said, uh, my physical body, my mind, my nerves were like a bridge. And uh, it, that picture just came to me. It's like, OK, well, a bridge is crossed many times a day. We think about, uh, you know, there's a little bridge. There's a creek out here. There's a little bridge. Boom, 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 boom. You know, cars go over that every day. That bridge has a load rating, which means if you get a giant semi truck, 
going across that, it might not survive, or it might give undue pressure on it that, you know what, it looked good this time, that time, but then a few years down the line, it may have been weakened. So bridges are designed to bear weight, to flex and recover, to flex and recover, just like us. We're designed to flex and recover. We bear a weight, we flex, we recover. Um, we bear a weight, we turn to God, allow him to take that weight, we flex, we recover. But we need to recognize that, you know what, maybe this weight's getting to be a little bit too much for my bridge, if you will. So I had the privilege and, and the challenge of being with my dad as he was, you know, really literally dying over a few years' time. He was uh, diagnosed with a, a disease called Lewy body disease. Actually, it, it's, you, it's, you can't really diagnose it, but that's what they thought it was. The only way to truly diagnose it is, is um, after death by autopsy. But this is a de degenerative disease of the brain, so there is dementia going along with that. Um, as it progresses, it uh, inhibits your body function, talking, eating, eventually breathing and swallowing, those types of things. So it was really a challenging one to see. Um, you know, I say I had the privilege because I got to go home and see him every couple months because of my work. You know, the same job I'm in now, but I was traveling to Ohio to see, or excuse me, to work. It really was to see my dad, you know, because God does those kinds of things. So I would go every couple months, and I would do my job. I'd get to hang out with my dad, and uh, literally I got an email on a Friday saying, hey, can you come next week? On, I said, sure, I'll be there Tuesday. So as usual, got on the plane, flew to Columbus, Ohio, got off, went and saw my dad, hung out for a couple hours, prayed with him. You know, at this point, he was um, at home. I think he was in, on hospice care, so he was with my sister. So we were able to all gather around, hold his hand. Uh, he couldn't talk at that point. Very challenging. Again, this was a weight on me, you know, mentally, and it, just a challenge to see that. But uh, that night, I, after, you know, we said bye, you know, I said bye, jumped in the car, drove two hours to get to the hotel. My sister called and said, hey, dad just passed away. And I, and I tell you this story to tell you of God's goodness in the midst of challenges. God is always there. Just look around so you recognize him. God was so good to have somebody I work with send me an email and tell me, ask me to come. So it was incredible what he did just to get me there, to hang out with my dad. So that bridge, I would go and see dad every few months, flex, flex. Because every time I left my dad, it was like I was saying goodbye for good. So if you can imagine that, the, it just, I didn't realize it. But mentally, it was a challenge to always have that weight of, this may be the last time I ever see him on earth. So it was an ugly picture. 
what I'm going to do, I'm going to tell you about some of the symptoms. So, you know, that's, that's what got me there. Even though I didn't recognize it, got me into the middle of that dark woods. Maybe you'll recognize that you're walk, walking into a dark woods well ahead of time. So, you know, look around. You know, see what's going on. But if you don't recognize it, you need to recognize it when you get there so that you can get out. Um, some of the symptoms, uh, again, of anxiety and fear, uh, I just want to give you a picture of what I experienced during that time. Again, it's not to glorify the issues. It's not to glorify troubles. But what it's meant to do is shine a light on the darkness, on the issues, the challenges, the physical, the mental challenges. We never want to keep things in darkness, okay? The devil wants to isolate each and every one of you and destroy you. Nothing short of that. And if he can do it physically, mentally, he will. So, again, get out the flashlight, shine a light on these things. That doesn't mean you necessarily have to get up and broadcast your issues to everyone. But you do need to find trusted people. People is a key word there. Find trusted people that you can interact with, you can share with, and say, hey, here's what I'm struggling with. Pray for me. How do I get out of this? What do I do? Shining the light always dispels the darkness. So at Dad's funeral, and, and sometimes that, some, for some time afterwards, there was a variety of pains. I mean, what, sometimes what I would call ghost pains even, because it's like, you know, why is this happening? You know, what's going on? You know, there's tension in my chest. I actually thought at, at the funeral that I was going to have a heart attack. It was just so intense at that point, and uh, I absorbed it physically. Uh, it was a real challenge. Um, my digestive system hurt. There was pain there. Um, I remember just I mean, weird stuff. If I would bend down, oh, I, my body, you know, not even trying, but just, oh. You know, when I get up, I let out a groan. I don't do that anymore. I don't have to. God is so good. So again, I'm saying these things to shine light on the challenges, and also if you're going through something like this, to give you hope that you are going through. There is a, the other side. So I'm free. I remember having uh, blurred vision. I mean, just weird stuff. Um, There'd be like uh, just blur, in my, especially on the right side. Um, there'd be, and, and I was going through, I bought a new pair of glasses during this time. Can you imagine that? With bifocals. Just wreaked havoc on trying to adjust. Um, you know, other symptoms. Again, these are symptoms of things, but uh, might have been some tingling in the arms or the foot, uh, um, numbness. Uh, like pins and needles on the chest. Uh, there was tooth pain, um, cold. Like one side of my body would be cold. Again, a lot of this is generated right here. Okay? Again, and that's not to shame anyone. But it, it starts right here. It is a battle in your mind and for your mind. So one of the toughest things I dealt with was the feeling of the inability to get a full breath. And that is tough because we all have to breathe. We can't live without breathing. 
and we need the fullness of breath just to feel that freedom. And we're talking months and months like this. I mean, I would do things, it was like I was weighed down, but I would do things to cope with that. You know, I had crutches. I would uh, use menthol rub on my chest. I would take Hall's cough drops, things like that, to try to get through. I had to walk. I, I had to walk out of that dark place. So I needed help. And some of these things helped me. In my case, I didn't have to, I didn't go the route of meds. Some people need to. Some people don't need to. You need to talk to the Lord if you're dealing with issues about whether you need to or you don't need to. Like I said, you definitely need people around you to pray with you, to walk with you, to help you. Um, let me tell you another little story about fear. So one morning, I walk up to the bathroom mirror, and I saw a little wrinkle. I mean, talking little, like about this big. And my mind said, bing. Oh, no, you're losing weight. Oh, no, what are you going to do? I thought, okay, my face was looking drawn. It was a little wrinkle, guys and gals. That's all it was. But the devil will play tricks on your mind. He'll create fear out of anything. And a wave of panic went through me just from that little thing. That's wrong. Again, not to shame you, but that's a lie of the devil. That is wrong. You're not meant to go there. I wasn't meant to go there, but I did. Fear is insidious. Do you know what the word insidious means? If you give the devil an inch, if you give fear an inch, it will take a mile. Do not give in to fear at all, because fear, if you open the crack, that foot will come, and he'll kick the door open, and he will try to take control. So do not give in to fear. If you find yourself there, giving in to fear, just tell the devil no. Close the door. Say, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. So several times during my struggle, as I mentioned, people. Get people around you. I, I made myself vulnerable, vulnerable by going to people, going to friends, and asking for help. Shining the light on that struggle and allowing the Lord to come in. We have to be vulnerable. So I heard a lie, and I believed it. And that was about panic. You don't need to raise your hand, but have you experienced and dealt with panic, panic attacks, things like that? I heard of friends. I had friends. I think my sister, uh, you know, a very good friend in Chicago, had dealt with this. So I knew of it. What happened, though, was I remembered it. And then I started expecting it to happen to me. And you know what? Because I expected it, it did. I set myself up. Again, I heard the lie and I believed it. I set myself up for that. The devil's going to try to lock you down and destroy you with fear. But he can't. 
my job, as uh, you may know, is I travel a lot for work. So what am I going to do? I haven't even mentioned anything about my job. It's like, wow, how did I sustain my job during this? You know, it wasn't a total disaster. To me, it seemed like it at times. But God was so gracious. I was able to walk through this and walk through and maintain my job. And that may have helped in itself is, you know what, I had a responsibility. I had to keep up with this. So what was I going to do? So I, I had to fly. I was afraid. Again, here I am. I was afraid. Again, there's that word, afraid. I was anxious that what am I going to do if I get on this airplane and I have that dreaded public meltdown where I become the, the giant public spectacle. And if I'm locked up in this tube up in the air, how am I going to get out and what's going to go on? By God's grace, for several weeks after this started, I didn't, I didn't have to travel, which is pretty unusual. It's great, you know, especially at the beginning of the year. It seems like the beginning of the year has been a, just, a, just a mad rush of lots of work and lots of travel. I mean, this year I, I traveled, I think, six weeks in a row from right after New Year's straight on. Um, that wouldn't have worked very well with this. So... You know, it was even difficult to drive places. With, again, the devil wants to be able to shut you down. And uh, some of these normal, just simple tasks seem to create an intensity in my life. Um, again, I would use things as distractors. I wouldn't let the mind run. So hearing and believing the truth brings a solution to the challenges. I knew the word of God was true. You know, we're talking two years ago, so uh, you know, at that point, I'd probably been saved 20 plus years in the word almost every day. So I knew, I know the word, I knew the word, but it was like I was drowning, and I couldn't get above the water. I needed to get above the water. I needed to get out of that dark, deep forest somehow. Sometimes you're so buried in the muck that you can't get out of it yourself. It's like quicksand. The more you move, the deeper you get. I needed to be able to breathe and just do the normal things. Psalms 103 says, he redeems our life from the pit. He will reach down, grab you, lift you up, and set you upon the rock. He pulls you out of that pit. You know, Joseph was in a pit, and he was pulled out of the pit. Now, unfortunately, it was... Uh, he was redeemed. He was bought out of that pit. But we are in a pit at times, and we're struggling. Psalm 40, verse 2. This is a good one to write down if you want. Psalm 40, verse 2 says, He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. That firm place is Jesus. That rock is Jesus. It is his word. Jesus is the word, his the rock of Jesus Christ is the only firm place to stand. So again, get somebody to pray with you, to reach down, to grab a hold of you, help lift you up, set you upon the rock of Jesus Christ so that you can stand on your own. You can breathe. You can walk. So people prayed for me. Shine the light in the dark places. I asked Paul. I said, Paul, 
you know, pray for me. You know, I shared with, you know, some people around me and said, boy, I'm really struggling with this. So Paul, he, Paul prayed, said, you know, he prayed for my emotions to be healed. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I haven't heard it that way. I like that. I expanded that prayer to just to ask God to say, okay, God, will you heal my mind, will, emotions, my nerves, and my physical body? You know, I think my nerves are part of my physical body, but there's something else there. My nerves, my nerve ends, things just were whacked. And uh, it just created an intense time. During that time, the Lord spoke to me and uh, spoke a couple of different things. One of them was Joyce Meyer's book, Battlefield of the Mind. So I got it immediately and started reading. And I didn't read through the whole thing, um, but I read, I started reading. I have read through the whole thing now, but at that point, I just read and started reading to help recognize that the battle's here. There's such a battle for us in our mind. I also, my friend in Chicago who had uh, had a lot of challenges, I knew he would know some things. You know, he's a believer, but he's experienced some in really intense times. Um, I called him up, and he related to things really well, and uh, he knew exactly what I was going through, and he told me of a book. He said, get this book and read it. He said, I don't know if the gal is a Christian. She's a doctor, I think a psychologist. It's called Hope and Help for the Nerves. And it was like holding up a mirror at times, saying, wow, okay, I experienced that, that, that. Okay. And they gave practical help for walking through things. They talked about uh, floating through instead of fighting or fleeing. Normal response is fight or flight. Those two can just really create intensity. So if you want to know more about that, you know, I can tell you about that. Um, but Philippians 4.7 was a key scripture for me. So I said, go back to the word, go to the word, go to the word. And the, God, the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I spoke that word over and over again, over myself. Why? Because I wanted to let my mind and my body know what the truth was. And if there were damaged parts in my, in my nerve pathways, hey, well, you know what? That needs to be retrained to the truth of God. So the Bible tells us to fear not. He's given us our, his word. So I kept walking out. And, uh, I mean, God has me here today. Standing strong. Do I face some challenges? Every once in a while. God is good. He is good. He, want, he will be with you during your walk. Let me jump back to that first flight. So here I am walking. I mean, a, a week ahead of time, I'm dreading going, getting on a plane. So I guess I have to because that's my job and I'm going. I bought a ticket, so I show up at the airport. Okay, I brought some reading materials, different things, again, to keep my mind off of the challenges. Walking through the airport, and I hear my name. I look over, and here is a fr young friend who lives in Kansas City that I met when they lived up here. He's sitting there eating. 
just happens to be connecting through the airport. I sit down with him. He prays for me. And I go on. Here with God. God placed somebody just out of the blue from Kansas City in the Minnesota, in the Minneapolis airport who was connecting through. Again, God is good. He will be with you on your journey. So that book I referred to, Hope and Help for Your Nerves, one of the things is floating through things as opposed to fighting it. Something, okay, I get on the plane, I sit down, it's like, okay, okay, if, some, if, if there's a challenge, I'm just going to let go. I'm not going to fight it. I'm, I'm going to let go. And what do I see right in front of me? I actually took a picture of this. It says, use cushion for flotation device. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Okay, God, you're speaking to me th from a little thing on the seat. Okay, you're getting me through. So again, little things like that build your faith. It's like, okay, I'm standing on him. Practical things, eat, drink, exercise, get outside, don't close yourself in, get your sleep, uh, fellowship. Here's one more prescription from, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Verse 8. So Paul's giving you prescription here again for what ails you. It says, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Think on these things. So our mind will chase the rabbit trails. An active mind will go the wrong directions at times. Do not <coughs> let it. Rabbits and squirrels, they don't matter. The word of God is true. He tells us. He gives us prescription here. Pin your thoughts to something godly. That means think of something godly. Think of something good. Think of something the word says about you. Pin your thoughts to that. Meditate upon that over and over again. Speak that out. Pray in tongues, another practical thing. Set your mind on things above, and you'll have hope. His thoughts are above our thoughts. Paul goes on to say, the things you have learned and received and heard of me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So again, Paul here in verse 9 gives you another promise. He says, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul says, look at me. If, if I'm following Jesus and I'm doing the things that Jesus is doing, if I'm a good example, do what I'm doing, and the God of peace will be with you. So there's things that you're going to be responsible to do, to walk out, to recognize fear and anxiety, to recognize that, hey, maybe I'm being anxious about this, and I'm not just talking about the onesies, twosies here and there. Life is intense. Oh, you know, I'm in traffic, I'm anxious. But when anxiety is over and over and over again, and it builds, recognizing that and getting help. So we're going to have pizza here soon. Um, what I'd like us to do is two things. Get in groups of two or three. Pray for each other. If you feel comfortable doing that, share. Hey, you know what? I've experienced anxiety. I fight fear and anxiety. And pray for each other. 
if you would like, we'll have a few people, you know, a few of the leaders around too, to lay hands on you, pray for you. Yeah, yeah. I feel it's important that you know, we pray for each other, but also at, 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 with some things at times, um, I like to see where just the leaders of pray, pray in authority over these things. So again, you're welcome to do both or either. And uh, so let's do that now. Let's take a little bit of time. Um, feel free to break up when you're finished. Feel free to come forward.